Hey, this is Bruce Boudreau, and you're listening to Empty Betters with Nick Mack and Harrison. everybody and welcome back to episode 201 of empty betters i'm your host harrison Scholes. i'm gonna toss it across the screen to my co-host mr nick manella what's going on buddy not too much my dude fired up to talk some outdoor hockey games with you guys i know our run up to the trade deadline here in the nhl is officially on the clock we have like what 10 days maybe a little bit less than two weeks until we're at the trade deadline which is crazy to think about so Fired up, happy to be here, 201. Let's go. I think it's uh someone fact check me. March 8th or March 1st? Yep. I can't remember. I, think, I thought first, no. Is, is it, it first or is that our fantasy hockey? It, it's definitely our fantasy, but I thought they were actually the same <laughs> yeah. this year. Which that I would could, be ideal. I could be, so I could be wrong about it. Th- then uh, it's like a week away. <laughs> I'll fact uh, check. Yeah, appreciate that. But uh before I toss it off to Mac while he's fact checking, just want to say thank you to everybody for the kind messages and words for yes. episode 200. Uh, really appreciate that. Now I'm going to toss it off to my boy up in Wisco, who I will be seeing this weekend. And I believe we'll be going to a Milwaukee Admirals game on Saturday night. Mr. Mac Vogel, what's going on? Uh, not much. I'm full of shit, though. It's March 8th. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't listen to me. Anyway, uh, things are good. Um, yeah, like Harry said, I'm pumped. We're going to uh, – Admirals game. There's a sweet giveaway, a Yaroslav Askarov, a little like mini, not a bobblehead, but one of those little like hockey replica statue kind of things. And it's of the goalie Yaroslav Askarov uh, bench pressing the net because he used to do that um, for the Merles after every win. He would lay down on the ice, pull the net down and like do a couple bench presses with it real quick. So uh, shout out to the Admirals marketing. They, they always kill it, but they, uh, they continue to impress with sweet giveaways like that one. It's one of the best goalie sellies of all time. I think he did it, it in a shootout one time, like after yep. poke checking a guy too. Yes. That was awesome. Yeah. You love see, I love seeing goalies like display a lot of emotion like that. It's always cool. Cause you don't always see that. Uh, before we get into the episode, just want to give a thank you to uh, our buddy, Mr. Mark Cotoraro. I wouldn't even say he joined us for an interview. It was more of like a heat check uh, for lack of a better term. Talked uh, the uh, Rangers and Islanders game on the outdoor game on Sunday. So when we get to that portion of the episode, you'll hear us kind of clue him in. And he was actually at the game, and he'll give you guys all the good juice. Uh, But before we get started, I know that there is a question of the day presented by Kane Footwear. Nick, I think you got a message from our buddies at Kane. Absolutely. Guys, I am hurting today. Got to watch the Daytona 500 yesterday. I'm sore. I'm hungover. I'm stiff, but I have my canes all day to help me walk off this hangover. I don't know if the cane revive made with bounce back foam from Brazilian sugar cane technology helps with hangovers, but I'm going to go ahead and say it does. So head to the link in our bio to get the best hangover cure you will ever have. Wow. Ballsy. I like that. Uh, Who's got the QOTD for today? I got something. It's uh, relatively quick and hopefully pretty easy. Uh, So we'll dive right in. Give me like an obscure piece of hockey media 
that like lives rent free in your brain. I'll give you, I'll, I can give a couple. I have like three that come to mind here. Um, so I'll just give an example to kind of get you on the right path. And I, my first one's maybe not even that, that obscure, but this could be like a movie, a TV show or a song or something like that, that, you know, don't say miracle, but come up with something that's like, oh yeah, that is like a hockey thing or it's hockey related or whatever uh, that not a lot of people think about. First one, have y'all seen the movie MVP with the monkey? Yeah. I have not. Most okay. valuable primate. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a monkey that I forget the exact like plot, but I had this on DVD growing up and like, that's why it probably lives rent free in my brain. But that one immediately comes to mind. I can still picture the cover. He's wearing like a yellow yep. jersey, yellow helmet. He's just holding the hockey stick. Just I don't I don't think that movie would probably hold up at all if I tried to watch probably it. Probably not. But like but I have a I, feeling that's one of those like DVDs you had that you probably watched at least 50 oh, times. Oh, I loved that shit as a kid. I was always begging to watch it. All right. Who's up? I could go Mighty Ducks, but I feel like that's just super basic. Too on like, those. Yeah. I've seen the movie Mystery Alaska like a ridiculous amount of times. That's a good one that doesn't get talked about enough, I will say. I yeah. also It's love... not Russell Crowe's best acting, which, you know, is Russell Crowe, so that's not saying much. Usually he just yeah. punches someone in the mouth and the movie's over, but yeah. the opening scene where the like the teenage kid who's really good is like skating the frozen river is one of the coolest opening scenes to any movie ever, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's from movies? Right. Like that's or I actually my other one was going to be a, a song that that not a lot of people probably know or think about, but it's really cool. Rent free in my I mean, OK, so like the most iconic one for me is like, you know, it's Miracle and they're like, why'd you play college hockey? And he says, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the mo one that sticks out rent free. One of the ones I thought was kind of cool, a little bit of a homer here um, and a little bit of a rom com guy. So I'll throw that in there. Uh, you guys ever seen the movie? She's out of my league. Once or twice, yeah, I've oh, seen that okay. once or twice. There was, yeah. um, there was a great movie. You know, there's just something yeah. about it. It was a fantastic movie. Well, when they go to the <laughs> Pens game, I always, I always thought that was cool. And um, how do I say this? For the reasons that you just said, it was a really good movie. I just felt like that made it a better movie. Like that was just like that. That, that was kind of icing on the cake for me. Yeah. Also, uh, Jay Baruchel, um, who plays the the lead guy in that movie, is a yep. huge Habs huge fan. Hockey, yeah. Huge hockey guy. Yep. Super cool. Love that. I mean, he's in Goon also. He is. Yeah. Oh, he's hysterical um, in Goon. Oh yeah. Uh, all right. So here's here's my really my really deep cut. Um, honorable mention, real quick. I just have to say, there's also a song by the Zambonis uh, called Hockey Monkey. Yep. Great one. If you haven't heard that one, you got to go check it out. But uh, this this song is actually like not a song for kids like that one is. And it's like a good ass song. Have you guys ever heard of Tom Cochran? The singer? Yeah, Life is a Highway. Yep. He's a yeah. he's the original artist of Life is a Highway. He has a song called Big Leagues. And it's about like a like a a guy like making it to the NHL essentially. Um, there's like a line in it where it's like talking about his dad taking him to practice. There's like a line in there. It says like like early in the morning, he could hear the ice crack, like something like that. It's it's a really, really cool song. It's actually like a good song too. Like it's catchy. It's a good rock song. So uh nice. I'll have to I check think, that out. I think my that one I lives rent free my brain because my dad definitely put it on like my original like iPod nano when yep. I was a kid and was like, <laughs> you'll like this. And I did. So he's right. But 
I'd like not to be super basic again, but like the good old hockey game or the hockey song by stomping Tom Connors, like, like you can't not have a smile on your face when you hear that song. I love singing that song. Yeah. That's such a good one. I hate when they cut it off early, though, because the best part is where he goes third period. Yes. Last game in the playoffs, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's a really good QOTD because you can get a very wide range of answers for that, but it's all kind of like hockey related. I'd love to post that on social and see. Uh, the like 10 second interview clip that lives rent free in my head and is playing at all times is Ilya Brizgalov talking about the universe where he goes, it's so humongous big. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Wait, I actually have one more song recommendation for the listeners out there. Look up uh by the it's by the Gear Daddies and it's called I Wanna Drive the Zamboni. That song <laughs> That's a great one. That's a good song. Yeah. That song no, I've, I've heard that one. <laughs> yeah. Great QOTD. Love that. Good spark of conversation. Get the brain juices going. But uh we're gonna hop into the good stuff, the NHL news. Uh, in case you live under a rock i don't know if you if you haven't heard about this and i guess you do um on hockey twitter this went crazy obviously yarmir yager had his number retired by the penguins on sunday evening in a two to one loss to the la kings uh before i give you guys the floor overall a great weekend uh the penguins really knocked it out of the park on this one they let yager skate with the team in practice at their cranberry facility on Saturday, the ceremony on Sunday was phenomenal. And then the best part of the entire weekend, in my opinion, the Penguins warm-ups on Sunday before they took the ice with the Kings. They had Yager actually suit up. He warmed up with the team. Uh, all the Penguins were wearing 68 Yager jerseys. And then the best part, in my opinion, was some guys rocking the old-school mullet wigs to uh, you know, show the 1990s Yager some respect. Sid being one of them, I saw the, the clip of him doing his famous McDonald's trace with the toe drags and he's rocking the mall at the same time. I thought that was super cool. Uh, just for some of the younger listeners who might not like understand how good Yager was. And to be honest with you, like as big of a Pens fan as I am, I'm a 96 birthday. I don't really have a ton of memory of Yager as a penguin. Um, it more so starts for me with Lemieux and Kovalev and Straka, but uh, he had the, he had 13 less points through his first 570 career games as Connor McDavid and think about the breath that we talk him in with, you know, we, we mentioned him with Gretzky's and Lemieux's and obviously Yager's up there and scoring, but I feel like some people think it's cause he played forever, um, which he did, but just such a dominant player in his era. I thought it was just an all around great ceremony, great weekend for the pens other than the loss. What'd you guys think? Well, I just want to point out right away, Nick, notice how Harry, when he was talking about his favorite parts of the weekend and, and of the whole event, he none of it had to do with the actual hockey game that got played. And there's got to be a reason for that. That's that just, um, that smooth over job right there would impress any town's road and works department right there. That, that <laughs> shit is like runway smooth right now. Damn, nice, nice. Uh, but no, all things, all, all jokes aside, it was awesome. I, I... I think they nailed it, especially based on how like viral it all went. I mean, for obviously I, I follow a bunch of hockey accounts. So a lot of times my timeline is all hockey anyway, but I, every time I opened my phone, Instagram, Twitter, it was all Yager penguins retirement. Like it was all that and lots of good clips, lots of good content. So, and I wasn't mad about it. I mean, like no, I, I, hate, love I, I'm a I hate Yager saying guy. nice things about the penguins, but 
they did a fantastic job. And I mean, how involved he was in everything. It was great to see him involved. It was great to hear him on air. That was unbelievable. Um, (laughs) It's just, I mean, I, not to make this about the caps, but Washington Capitals, pay attention, take notes, do something similar to this for Peter Bondra. I'm not saying Peter yeah. Bondra is oh. anywhere near the caliber of Yarmory. No, for we know sure. There's a difference but there, but down the road, hopefully yeah. very soon, do yeah. something like this. I thought it was fantastic. It was cool to see him and Sid doing stuff. I mean, those are just two just mega titans of the hockey game going head, you know, hanging out and in warmups and stuff and you know, Harry, you talked about like kids maybe not knowing how good this guy was. This guy was one of the first superstars in the NHL that I remember just being enamored with because it was right around the time he was coming to DC. Obviously did not go as <laughs> us in DC probably wanted it to go, but he was just unbelievable. And I mean, the physical presence that this man had when he was playing hockey, because he could, his reach was so long, he could put the puck seven feet this way and then seven feet the other way, and you would just never be able to touch it. Oh, yeah. I mean, the other thing I'll mention, I mean, obviously he was on that back-to-back cup run for the Penguins. You know, he walks into the league. He's got two Stanley Cups and five scoring titles in his first eight years. I mean, you know, the only other player who can say that is McDavid, right? And he doesn't have the two Cups, but he's got the five scoring titles. So it's just crazy to see, like, how good he, like, was, is still playing overseas, owns his own team. (laughs) <laughs> which is pretty fucking cool. So yeah, he he's 52. Him. He could play on the Penguins. I'm dead serious. He really could. He's he's better than like half of our bottom six. So I did see a little bit of that starting. Like people were like, are they going to bring him back if they like miss the playoffs or something? Do you think they would actually do something like that? There's no way, right? No, no, no. Yeah. They're, they're not going to do. Although I would say like, I'd rather have him on the team than like Nola Chari or like Matthew <laughs> Phillips. But yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, that's fair. I don't even think you can. Once a guy has his his number in the rafters, is it even legal to like no. unretire? I feel like yeah, they have to lower it for that well, game. <laughs> did, I I don't know if they did this. I really should, but did they do that with Lemieux and his comeback? Did they retire his number? I can't remember. They probably waited until I don't know. I, I should like, know, know this, but I, was I feel so, like in those situations, so you kind of know <laughs> if it's still on the table, and then you wait to retire. You know what? I, like like look at Yager. Even like they waited. He left for a period and then came back and they didn't jump to retire it right away. I would think it was probably the same with Lemieux, but I, don't, I, don't I know, know the um, the Bruins retired seven while Bork was wearing it. So they retired Esposito's number seven and then Bork oh. had to switch that game to 77. Oh, shit. The more you know. Yeah, there's well, a great video of him like taking the jersey off and like shaking Espo's hand or something like that. All in all. Bad game, but great weekend for the Pens. The vibes were high, uh, that's for sure. And that's really what the fan base needs right now because the team is an absolute fucking shambles. I could talk about that all day, but that's for a separate part of the episode. Uh, All right, just recapping a little bit of the weekend action. Boys, we had some crazy games over President's Day weekend. We had five different hat tricks over the weekend. Kaprizov, Erickson Eck, JT Miller, Sean Monaghan with a natural hat trick in the first period. And Austin Matthews getting his sixth hat trick of the season already. The United States government is taking money out of my pocket every time a player in the NHL scores a hat trick. I just want everybody to know that. <laughs> I just really want I want that out there, okay? Noted. Every hat trick that I see just just it just 
pains me just a little bit. I can feel a little sting. Is this your official in my wallet region official plea to the state of Wisconsin to get off its ass? <laughs> yeah, it's been I've been making that plea, but sure, this can be my nine hundredth official plea. <laughs> For those, should we explain for those? Who sure. Might yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, when I when I was previously a gambling man, uh, I my bread and butter was to to live bet somebody to score a hat trick when they already had two goals, and you would think like that wouldn't be that crazy, but for some reason the payouts were always like stupid. I think because my whole theory was like odds makers don't really understand hockey and that like their their logic was like, well, he already has two. He's probably not going to get a third. But in reality, the logic they should be subscribing to and the logic I was subscribing to was like he's already got two. His teammates want to help him get a third. Also, if they're winning by like a goal or two late in the game, there's going to be opportunity for an empty net, in which case your coach is almost certainly going to put you out there if you have two goals especially if it's like a two goal lead. There's just, there's a million reasons I could get into the science behind it. I used to, you know, it's kind of equations like a, and study in the lab and, and do this for, for this, this sole purpose. But, uh, you know, I had to hang up the, uh, the lab coat, um, when I moved to Wisconsin. So. Hockey's kind of like a snowball effect with that too, with goals. It's like you score one, it just starts to roll. You get a second one. Now yep. you're cooking, you've got the mojo, you've got the confidence, whatever you totally. touch is going in. Absolutely. Well, some of those names I just listed, uh, three of those hat tricks were all in the same game. In case you didn't know, on Monday, the Wild took down the Canucks in a 10-7 to game. There were three hat tricks in that game. Like I mentioned, Kaprizov, Eric Sinek, and JT Miller. That is the first time there's been three hat tricks in a game in 32 years. The last time that happened was in 1992 between the LA Kings and the San Jose Sharks. When Luke Robitaille, Yari Curry, and Mike Donnelly all did it. I was going to save that for trivia, but I was like, that's way too hard. I probably wouldn't have gotten any of those. That's insanely hard. That is a, that is a tough one. And then, uh, you know, obviously the 6-5 Stadium Series game, highest scoring outdoor game ever. And then on Saturday, this is a weird one, we had two different 9-2 games. We had a 9-2 Toronto win over Anaheim and a 9-2 Florida win over Tampa. So... Overall, to kick the shit out of Tampa Bay. Yeah, just a, a absolutely crazy weekend. That one was hilarious too because Tampa <laughs> scored first, and like imagine you're at that game. That was in Tampa too. Imagine you're at that game. You score. They scored like 50 seconds in or something like that too, if I'm not mistaken. And you're like, oh, nice, we're rolling. And then you just proceed to get scored on nine times in a row <laughs> until you score the final goal of the game. Also, yeah, pretty nuts. Um, so just to kind of recap for all those over betters, which I know there are many of you, uh, between Saturday and Monday, there were 26 NHL games. 17 of them went over six and a half. That is a 65% hit rate. It was a good weekend for a lot of the uh, the Twitter boys out there. So scoring is up. Yeah. For, I mean, this weekend's bad goal a year. We've said I was going to say been saying it all year long. A lot of a lot of goals and a lot of people who don't want to stop the puck. Well, speaking of a guy who's getting a lot of goals, Mr. Connor Bedard has made his return to the lineup since his broken jaw. And man, when he has that fishbowl on, he is just a different player. It's like, uh, you know, like the meme, like hoodie mellow when Carmelo would wear like the little hoodie underneath. This is fishbowl Bedard. This kid is unbelievable when he's got the cage on. But uh, three game point streak since his return, six points in that span. 
The Hawks have scored seven total goals since the three games he's been back, and he has a point on six of the seven. I love how he uh, he's even got the hang with the fishbowl, yep. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hair uh, starting to come in a little bit. He took back the lead for rookie scoring race, uh, but the game before he came back, Brock Faber of the Wild tied him at 33. Obviously, in the three games he's been back, he put up six points, and so now he's got the lead at 39. The kid's unbelievable, and he's got nobody on his team. It's it's truly crazy to watch. Yeah. I mean, he is the heart and soul of that team right now, and it's just amazing to watch. And like, I have a feeling there's going to be so many kids just converting to fishbowls because of him, like we used to do with Ovi and the yellow laces or the tuck or the, the skates sure or whatever. Yeah, exactly. He is like... I can't remember what year this was, maybe 2005. It was that year where like LeBron was legitimately the only player on the Cavaliers. They went up against the Spurs and got whacked. I think maybe it was 06. It reminds me of that because I watched the Pens play them the night he came back. They are truly maybe one of the worst teams in NHL history. And he is the only bright spot. 2005. Was he alive yet? Ooh, (laughs) he's 18. (laughs) Oh God. Maybe he was just born. No, I think see a 2005 birth year. I'm going to die if that's true. I think he is. Yeah. Is he 19 yet? I think he's 19, isn't he? He was born on July 17th, 2005. Wow. That is so crazy. If if you are talking, if that was the 05 LeBron team you're talking about, then he was like, no, then he wouldn't have been born because playoffs are over by July. He was born right after that. Yep. Again, I don't know if it was 05 or 06, but one of those Either early way, Cavalier teams. You don't remember it. So Yeah, yeah. It, remi- <laughs> it reminds me of that. Um, this next news piece, I am really interested to hear what you guys have to say, even though I know most of your thoughts. The Tampa Bay Lightning debuted their new black uniforms with matte black helmets. They've worn them every game since they got launched. Thoughts? So here's what I will say. Uh, the, the, and I think Nick and I are on the same page about these. The logo is, is dumb. I hate the like circular. We're just going to stick our logo in a circle and then also write writing around it. And, um, Nick, you, you nailed it when you talked about the, the hockey club part of it too. Like that should, that should be reserved for like original six, I think. Um, soccer teams. (laughs) Right. Uh, but also I will say the the uniforms themselves are definitely better than like, which isn't saying much, but are better than like their normal kits. Um, matte black helmet, bad. Yeah, I'm not a matte black fan for really anything. I mean, I think it yeah. looks it looks nice on hockey sticks with the grip finish, but that's you know yeah. about it for me. Uh sure. helmets I can live with, you know. Like you said, Mac, the I think the crest should be like a shoulder patch if that makes sense like and i don't necessarily love the circular design as a primary anyways love the jersey we are moving absolutely in the right direction scheme they should go back to wearing black in general that's like i agree and blue should be the alternate yeah and especially when you saw like um vasilevsky uh match the the hobby bullen set up from those days he had the same like leg pads and blocker and glove as the like hobby bull and era bolts did when they were the even better black jerseys 
really they should just go back to those i don't know like why we're like yeah fucking around so hard with this it's, like, it's the it's the weird like it's their logo that they just need to figure out. We've yes. got the jersey. Sorted. The minimalistic logo yeah. is ass. Why? Like... Just a little bit more like 3D behind it. I'm not saying you have to go back to the original one, which that would be my choice, but something yes. between yes. the two. Yeah. You can't just have this simple like, yeah, it, it's very like 2013. That being said, Chiefs or Chief, yours looks great. So, you know, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, I love them. I, I think the logo should go back to the original, but I echo two things you guys just said. One is what Max said. The lightning belong in black. I don't care what anyone says. That's that so should be much cooler than the blue. Way cooler. The jersey looks great. I love the matte black. The part that I love the most, and I'm nerding out here a little bit, the cuffs on the gloves are like blue with the white print. I don't know if you guys have seen the gloves, but like if you go look at Google images, I think the gloves are beautiful. True. So are they primarily black and then just the cuff is blue with the white on it? Yeah, it's That's all cool. it's like a black glove and then the, the cuff is blue and then in white it'll say like Bauer CCM sure. Nice. It looks super clean. Um I really like them. I and I don't know if they're gonna make these their mains. They've worn them every game. So we'll see. Uh they haven't played that well in them, but that's beside the point. Uh, moving on to a team with the two-color jersey scheme, who does it the best, by the way. The Detroit Red Wings have signed forward Michael Rasmussen for a, uh, or I'm sorry, to a four-year extension or 3.2 mil AAV. I think for what he does up there, that's a that's a really good deal. Depth player, get him on a little bit of term, not breaking the bank. I like it. This feels like the. Uh... Like the Caps Protus signing yes. almost where it's like he hasn't been like a superstar, but he hasn't done anything wrong. He's having his best year so far. Yeah, he's quietly like, you know having a good year. Yeah. It's like, you know what? We might as well just, just lock up a, a mid a middle six guy like he's a forward, isn't he? Isn't yep. he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Lock up like a middle six guy like that and and just not have to sweat it for the next couple of years. It's it just makes it less less of a headache when you're trying to re-sign yes. your big guns when it when it comes to be that time. It's so. a very good comparison, actually, to Protus. I like that. Uh and then lastly, the 2026 All-Star game will be held on Long Island at UBS Arena. Maybe, maybe. I've never been to an all-star game. It's driving cool. Distance. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, if you guys stay, stick around for the interview with Mark, uh, maybe you'll get a little bit of a laugh at that concept. We could probably um, stay at my grandma's house. There you go. Cool. She, there you go. She might uh, she might do the most, but, you know. <laughs> it's what grandmas are for, That's right? It's grandmas, yeah. yeah. We'll crash Mark's family's house. It's fine. <laughs> uh, all right. Moving on to the discussion portion of the episode before we review the Devils and Flyers and also do the Islanders and Rangers conversation with Mark. Uh, it was announced that the Columbus Blue Jackets will be hosting Detroit at Ohio Stadium next year for the stadium series. A lot of mixed reviews on this. Personally, I like it. I think they deserve it. Columbus has good fans. Their team blows. They've never had this. It's something different. Got a little college football rivalry in there. But a lot of people are like, who the fuck is going to watch this? I love it. I think it's awesome for every reason that you just said. The venue is going to be fantastic. Uh, this is how you grow the game. I mean, Blue Jackets fans, like Columbus people, they deserve an outdoor game too. And and I think when you can wait, when you can increase the capacity of an NHL game 
in a city like that, you're only you're only opening it up for more people that maybe don't go to the normal games or go to one game a year and are casual fans. And they're like, all right, this is special. I'll go to it. I'll check it out. They go to this game. It's awesome. And they're like, holy shit, I'm in. And then they're, you know, buying season tickets the next year. That's what that's what you want out of an event like this if you're the NHL. As someone who's been nothing but negative towards the NHL marketing and PR this season, this is a it's it's such a home run. I mean, you just completely zeroed in on two of the biggest college sports fandoms by using their hockey teams, looking at it that way. You're going to get Ohio State fans, you're going to get Michigan fans, and then you're going to have hockey fans from Columbus and from Detroit anyway. So I think it's a brilliant move. I mean, those Big Ten schools, we all know how it is. We all know which one is best, but you know yeah. they do show out for their teams for sure. I'm saying it right now. Empty betters, us three, and whoever else wants to come with us, we are going to one of the following events. We're either going to this stadium series in Ohio, the All-Star Game in Long Island, or the Winter Classic in Chicago. Or the Ooh. World Juniors in Minnesota. Well, we're doing that either way. That's okay, cool. That yeah, one of those three we should definitely do. I feel NHL like we could... event. We're picking one of those things and we're fucking going. Sounds good. I, I'm down with it. Uh, all right. So we have Devils Flyers. Uh, the bat, the Nikos. I will say the Nikos for the for the Devils definitely showed out that night. Nico Dolls kind of stole the show. Had a 48 save performance to help the Devils secure a six three win over Philly. And a very defeating loss in my fantasy matchup as I went up against him. That was unfortunate. Uh, Nico Heeshear and Nathan Bastion each scored a pair, along with Owen Tippett uh, scoring a pair for the Flyers. Fun, chippy game. Not as good as the Islanders-Rangers game, obviously. But overall, I thought it was all right. thought the Jersey matchup was decent. And uh, I want to give a shout-out to Garnet Hathaway. One, he was a pain in the ass all night, and he made the game a little more entertaining. And two... I think he was wearing a hoodie underneath of his jersey, which is the first time I've ever seen that. There was something under there. I don't know if it was like a just like a really, really thick turtleneck or something, but there is definitely something like back here. I don't know what it was. Thoughts on the game overall? Jersey matchup now that we saw them live? Um, Honestly, I kind of flip-flopped. I thought that the out of the four, out of the Devils, Flyers, Islanders, and Rangers, I remember we unpacked this when the – Jerseys got released. I think I said I like the Flyers best. I didn't love how it looked out there for yeah, some I, reason. Yeah. The numbers on the shoulder is stupid. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. That was really bugging me. And then something about the striping. It looked cool on the jersey, but it just didn't didn't do it that much for me out on the ice. The Devils was better than I thought it was when I saw it, but it still didn't really like do much for me. I, I didn't really care. Same. Um, some people Island, got a kick out of them. Islanders, Rangers. I actually, personally, I thought both both of the uniforms looked really good on the ice. Yeah, I, I will say the Islanders. It's just the Oilers jersey, but I, still I feel bad that. for the Islanders because every attempt they've made to like <laughs> make an alternate or a different uniform than their original one has flopped. Everyone hated the Fisherman when it came out because the team was so bad. Everyone's hated basically everything they've done for the last two reverse retros. 
the stupid one they tried to do to copy the Nets was terrible. Horrible. The, the Horrible. one with the N. That's one of the worst of all time. The one, the blue worse. one with the NY, and then the eighteen acres of white shoulder blocking is. Or just it's like atrocious. a gray shoulder. Yeah, that one is. So, oh, it's so, so bad. bad. And oh, then there's the triangle one from like the mid two thousands. Oh, you talking about the orange one with the blue triangles coming yep. up the sides or whatever? Or the yeah. um, didn't they have like a gray one too that was like gray on top and then a bunch of weird like blue yes, and orange and it just triangles. said like either Islanders or New York. And I think it had a number on the front. It too. did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've Ugh. had nothing but misses. I will say, I actually like their normal logo. I think it's a good logo. I, they have one yeah. of the best looks in the NHL. It's classic. Yeah, e- even just their normal uniforms. I don't think there's anything wrong with them. They're fine. Yeah, yeah no, I, I would agree that that Brooklyn Nets one's the worst. Oh, it's worst, terrible. worst Jersey of all time. In my opinion, it's pretty damn close. I think I would the rock. one we just talked about though, with the one on the, the number on the front, that actually might be the worst of all time. We're, we're going to make a post about this and put yeah. the, uh, put all the Islanders jerseys on blast. Yeah. On, uh, Figure out what the worst of the worst yeah. is. Yep. Definitely. Big win for the devils. That, that feels like a, uh, I know we talked about this with Mark and you guys will hear that in a second, but that kind of feels like a very big potential season defining win. They put up six on the flyers. Vanacek's on IR. Um, you know, Nico Dawes steals the show. Maybe he can be their guy going forward. Who knows? Uh, but it just kind of feels like the team wasn't carried by Jack Hughes for once. Everybody was chipping in. It's just a solid win. And look out. I, I think uh, I was texting you guys this the other night. I think Jersey's about to go on a run. I do too. I've got like that sinking feeling in my stomach that this team is about to get really, really hot and either do like something really smart at the deadline or get a great piece or something if, like that. If they get one of these goalies that that is getting tossed in the in the hat of of being sold, uh, definitely look out. But yeah, to me, they're gonna need that if they're gonna go on a run. I feel like watching that game and basically anytime I watch Nico Heischer play, it's like he's out there personally reminding me how good he is. It's not that I don't think he's an amazing hockey player. He's just not one of the first five that comes to your mind when you think, you know, NHL superstar, but oh my God, is he good? Totally. Good point. That first goal was sick. Love that. Um, All right. Well, uh, for the Islanders and Rangers game, we're going to toss that one off with us and Mark. About 15, 20 minutes, not too, too long. And then uh, we will continue our discussion portion. All righty. It is now my pleasure to welcome back to the show. Good friend of mine. Good friend of the show in general. I don't know how many appearances this is, but uh, he was just at the stadium series over the weekend to see the Rangers epic comeback against the Islanders. Mr. Mark Cotteraro, welcome back to the show. Thank you, boys, for having me on once again. And I apologize in advance for the raspy voice. It was a um, in due part to the game on Sunday. I'm still recovering. I mean, you had to tell all those Islander fans good game and shake their hands. So I'm sure you're, you know, your voice is gone, right? My two birds were up the whole entire walk back to the train. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, we're uh, we're getting Mark on here just for a tiny bit. Recap the uh, the experience at MetLife. It was certainly quite the game, uh, and we're gonna keep it quick. He's got a little doggy play that he's got to go off to, so <laughs> we'll make sure he doesn't miss that. But uh, Mark, just overall vibes of the uh, the event. Honestly, perfect. I really wouldn't change one thing. I wouldn't change anything. Um, that's easy to say because we won and it was electric. It was the best day of my life. But besides the Rangers winning and all that, I thought they did an awesome job. It felt unique. It felt different. Um, just the aura around the game. It didn't feel like a regular season game. It felt a little bit more than that. 
don't know if you can tell watching through TV or not, but being there, it felt so, so different than just a typical normal regular season game. It looks like the split was like 80-20 favoring the Rangers. So you want to know what's funny? I asked my buddy walking in, I go, what do you think it is, Rangers Islanders right now? Because we're just walking around the parking lot. We were tailgating for a little bit. And he goes, I don't know, maybe like 50-50, 60-40 Rangers. But then after they scored like a couple goals, and then at the end, they're like, are there even any Islander fans here? Right. Like, you, like you really thought, like even watching the video back, it sounds like it's just all Ranger fans. Um, and being even in the section, it was like 70-30, but after the goal song, it just felt like it was all Ranger fans. So what, like how much of you was like freaking out? You're down 4-1, you're obviously there, I know it's cold, like are you thinking at all like not a problem, we're going to come back and win this game, or are you like, oh shit, I just wasted a time? I thought, I think if I can remember correctly, um, it was 4-3 going into the third I think Trotrek scored the late goal in the third, or is it the early? I mean, the second. But anyway, the Islanders scored again pretty quick in the third. It was 5-3 for a majority of that period. And, you know, the game was kind of slowing out. Rangers were pressing a lot. They had the puck for a majority of that period, and then all of a sudden it was 5-4, and then you're like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> we're on the – and then you're on the power play, and then it's like next thing you know, Mika slaps one from the corner, and it's like, holy fuck, we just tied this thing up. That highlight was unreal from the, the Instagram clip that you shared. Unbel- I, that is my favorite video of all time. I'm, it's it's sad to say because it's like a regular season game, you know, it's really just another game, but it was just the most electric feeling I've ever felt during a game. I've been to playoffs, this and that. That was just freaking different. That was awesome. That was so much fun. Yeah, for me watching it at home, I mean, I feel like when even when it was 4-1, I felt like I was like, this has Ranger comeback written all over it. But I will say when when the Islanders made a five three in the third, I was I was kind of like, ah, oh, maybe not. Like this, I, I don't see them blowing this lead like twice, you know. Um, but as I, I forget how much time left it was when when it became four three after the Kreider goal or whatever. But I think at that point, I felt that it get you just feel it building up, and you're like, oh, they're pressing so hard. Like, and when they're, they're Mayfield takes that penalty, I'm like, this is so getting tied yeah. up. Like it's not yeah. even a question now. Exactly. Like what was it? Like two minutes and thirty seconds left, and you take a two minute yeah. tripping penalty. Yeah, yeah, that's and classic. The, the the craziest part about all that was that it was five three, and they pulled the goalie. So it wasn't like they were playing with, an even with a shitload of time left on the on the clock too, which is so lobbyette coming from a Caps guy. That is so lobbyette. <laughs> And I think it was about what five six minutes left. They pulled their goalie. I'm like, all right, well, this is it. If they, you know, they net this, we're leaving. And I was ready. I was like, you know what? It is what it is. It was a good game. Try to come back. And then they score. I go, holy fuck! This Islander team's gonna choke once again. And then they said Mika <laughs> slaps that in. And I hate every single Islander fan blaming the refs. Up four to one. How are you gonna blame the refs up four to one? <laughs> How do you blame the refs? You're you are the biggest choke artist of all of hockey this year. How many overtime losses they have? Fifteen. <laughs> Sincerely, oh, actually, I, I don't I know. I think it's fourteen, fifteen. I want to know how you blame the refs. You were up four to one. You were up five to three. You were up two goals with, with five minutes left. I don't care if the ref punched Sorokin in the face and you could and and they scored. I mean, give me a break. Give they me a do, break. I hear you, yeah. They, they have 14 overtime losses. The next closest team is the Kraken with 11. Wow. And 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 it's not even the overtime losses. It's the fact that, you know, a lot of those overtime losses aren't them tying the game up with, with three minutes left, the Islanders. It's them choking the lead every single time. Yeah. 
No, it's true. Uh, I do have to ask you, because I'm sure Rangers fans after the game, probably even during the game, uh, Matt Rempe, is that how it's pronounced? Yeah. How fucking cool is is that? I mean, he's got to be a fan favorite already. Electric, electric. I think, you know, we were just sitting down. Like they, score, they scored right <laughs> away. So we're then we're like, we haven't even sat down yet, basically. And then we sit down, you know, I pick up my beer, and the next thing you know, they're chucking hands. And super, super cool. And I think, you know, watching that firsthand, you, we didn't know the story until probably the day later of, like, how, you know, his dad passed six years, six years ago. It was his first shift, obviously, knew that. But And then Matt Martin saying, let's go, you want to go? I think the whole thing was super, super cool. And perhaps, props to Matt Martin, too, for um, yeah. letting him go. It was super yeah. cool. I thought it was cool. Like you saw them talking in the box afterwards and we all saw the interview with Rempe afterwards saying that he was yeah. basically just like congratulating him for a, the fight and B for making it to the NHL and you know, that being his first game and everything. Yeah. Matt, Matt Martin class act, honestly. I mean, as much as a, as much as he'll fuck you up out there, classy guy, a lot of the, a lot of the grinders are, are that way. You come to learn stuff about some of these dudes off the ice. It, it works out that way. A lot of the time it seems. How many how many Islanders fans were bitching about the overtime goal? I have to hear about that. To be honest with you, none because I had my fucking middle finger in everybody's face. They couldn't say a word. I just was like this the whole down, going down the escalator. I was like this. Um, oh man! Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't see the bitching until the next next morning on Twitter or whatever. Like these like loser Islander accounts were like, "Ooh, the the ref called the trip on blah blah blah." Lafreniere took a dive. To me, I mean, like. Sure. Complaining about, you know, the penalties or the power plays, like, I don't agree with it, but it's to be expected or whatever. But, like, if you're an Islanders fan and you're going to complain about the refs and you're talking about, like, the game-winning goal call, first of all, that's not even the ref, like, it's not the ref's call. Like, it went upstairs. <laughs> if you're going to complain, like, just be mad that that's the rule in the NHL. Like, that, you can be mad yeah. at that if you want, but it's not like they called it right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, their defenseman took, with two minutes left, the definition <laughs> Like what you should use is an example video of a tripping penalty. Yeah. And also yeah. that goal, like even if you don't agree with the goal call on the, the net coming off in overtime, how about don't turn the puck over in, in front of your own net with like 10 yeah. seconds into over. Like that's as bad as it gets. You deserve to get scored on even if the net didn't go uh, get, get off there. How about just not blowing a four to one lead? Like, how about like it just how does it even get to that there point? There you go. Like, you want to compare the refs. Like, how does it even get to that point? And all these other fans are shocked they blew it. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe you lost. I don't know how you don't believe you lost. It's like the definition of insanity. When you do something over and over again, that's called insanity. You lose and choke every single game. That is insanity. Listen, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan, so I'm the first one to know what choking's all like. Don't get me wrong. But on a day, on, on a nightly basis, that must suck. And fuck them. I hate them. <laughs> All right. Well, I know you uh, I know you got your puppy opera here shortly. So I got I, I, or Matt, I got, you go. I got one more question too. Let, yeah, let's you uh let's let's talk logistics for a second. How was like the the viewing part? Because I've been to yeah. I, think, I think I've been to two or I think I've been to three <laughs> outdoor NHL games now, and it's all been a little different based on like how you can see where the video boards are at. How did you feel like you had a, a good or, or bad or medium vision of the ice and everything? So this is, this is my third game going to. I went to Yankee Stadium. I went to City Field. I went to MetLife. Yankee Stadium was a dud because we sat in the bleachers, couldn't see anything. City Field was cool because we were high up to see everything. And then for this one, we were in the top section. We were the first couple rows. So we were behind the goal. But you could see everything like pretty well. I was like pleasantly surprised how – 
visible everything was, and it wasn't like I was staring at the video board the whole time. Uh, I'll read you a couple stats, and then we'll end this with uh, a general Rangers question. So, Mark, did you know the Rangers have never lost an outdoor game? I didn't know that. Perfect 5-0 and as of uh, <laughs> Wow, I did Sunday. not know that. Yeah. I don't think I did and, wow. and LaViolette was, I think, he never won, right? He was a yeah, yeah. four going yep. to those games. Yeah. That's pretty the caps, The Caps were undefeated outside <laughs> until LaViolette lost with us <laughs> last year. <laughs> Oops. Uh, and then second wild stat, Mark, you went to the highest scoring outdoor game in NHL history. That's pretty cool. Listen, yeah. if it, and I think a lot of these outdoor games, I don't know if it's me, if you can tell we're watching it, it, I feel like the game opens up more. I don't know if it's it's a faster game. I don't know if it's fast, but I feel like there's a, the game is open. It's a better place, pace of play in a way. You know, yeah. scoring is always good for the league. It's always good to watch, but I just feel like it's more open when you play outside. Yeah, last year, or it, what, in 22, uh, St. Louis and Mini had 10 goals, a Lake Tahoe game. Uh, you you guys in 2014, when you played Jersey, that was also 10 goals and uh, the 09 Winter Classic. So, yeah, pretty cool. I feel like for the most part, it's usually high scoring. The only thing is sometimes you just get, like, shitty ice conditions and nobody can pass the puck, and then it's, like, just it's, – it's one side of the extreme or the other. It's always either high scoring or, like, nobody can put the puck in the net because you can't make tape to tape. I did hear the the glare was a problem for a little bit, and that might have been why the 30, 40-minute delay was there. Did right, you see yep. any of that, or was that not a problem once you guys were in your seats? No, you could – I couldn't tell, but you could see on the ice. The, the sun's hitting the ice pretty well. And, uh, you know, we got to the we got to the stadium, and all of a sudden, the first time we got – we just got to like around 1230. And we're like, oh, shit, the game's delayed already an hour. So we're like, you know, the sun's definitely going to play, um, play a factor into the game. But I think – I think Igor was rough early, and I think he kind of settled in in the third. I think he made a couple of clutch saves. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he's playing a little bit better, so that's good to see outside the first period. <laughs> so uh, we'll wrap it up with with this. The Rangers have won seven in a row, which sucks to say out loud. Uh, mm -hmm. Leading the Metro Division. They're probably going to win it, if I was to guess. They got a nice little four-point cushion on Carolina. Um, is this the year? Listen, man. I'll put it back to Sunday. I think, you know, you guys can contest this because you guys all seen Stanley Cuss, but I think that's a win you need in your regular season. Not because you came back and won, but because you know you can come back and win. That is a, a confidence booster that I don't think will take Privy now, but I think it will take Privy down the line. And uh, it was an awesome, awesome win. That was freaking awesome night. <laughs> I agree with you. I love I love when you can kind of tell in, in the regular season, your team gets a, a certain kind of win, and you're like, this could be one of those season-altering wins that just everybody really galvanizes around. I, I totally agree. That's that kind of win for sure. And just even like the – I don't know if you guys saw like the post game. I think when uh, Kreider gave that to Rempe and LaViolette, and just the whole aura just felt, you know, like, you know, we got this. This is like this, – this seems a little bit different. Like I said, I don't think it'll pay off tonight. I think that if they go down 4-1 tonight, they're going to come back. But I think down the road, when you're in the playoffs in those tough moments, you're like, you know what, we can do this. We've done this before. We can come back and, uh, you know, super, super impressive win.
I think that's you nailed it. It's just that sort of mentality for, hey, we're down right now. Let's reset. Let's change a couple of things. Let's make these adjustments and let's just go back at it and simplify the game. And I mean, how many times did we see the Caps do that on their 2018 run? It's like, hey, we're down two goals right now against Tampa on the road. Let's focus. Let's get composed. They had to do it to Vegas all the time. It makes all the difference. And one more quick point. Uh, I think Laviolette called a timeout. I think it was three, they were down three to one, four to one, whichever it was. He called the timeout, and he could have pulled the plug on Igor. Hey, come out of the game, you know, get quick in before this becomes worse. And he kept Igor in. Uh, they reset. You know, it was I think it was four three, then five three. But after that timeout, the game I don't say it flipped, but you felt the Rangers, you know, on attack a lot more than the beginning. I thought at the beginning they were playing on their heels a lot. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Well, uh, I know you got plans, so we appreciate <laughs> you. We appreciate you coming on. We'll get you out of here. Um, and I'm sure we will talk to you again at some point this season, if not postseason. And uh, it'll be For a fun, sure. fun Just hopefully finish. not in June. Yeah. yeah. Please, what, let me get one. You guys all have them. Let me get one. <laughs> let me get one. You guys have all had them. Let me get one. I got you. <laughs> Well, uh, glad you had fun, boy. It was good, good talking to you. We'll let you go. All right. Later, guys. Love you. Thanks, Mark. Once again, thanks to Mark for joining us. Hopefully he had a fun time at Puppy Opera afterwards. Um, you know, hoping the best went well with uh, Maggie. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> had to have a little fun with that one. Sorry. Austin Matthews. I know I mentioned it earlier in the episode. He's got six hat tricks on the season. Everybody this season has been saying, who's going to win MVP? Is it Kucherov? Is it McKinnon? I would say McKinnon's the odds-on favorite. McDavid's starting to creep back into the conversation. He's probably going to end up leading the league in points at some point. Uh, it's getting close, at least. Austin Matthews' name has not been thrown in there at all. And I'm not saying that he should be the front runner, but I do think it's worth pointing out that on Elliot Friedman's podcast, 32 Thoughts, he shared that he thinks if Matthews scores... 75 goals this season that Matthews has to be the MVP. I'll read you guys. Some I kind stats. of agree with that. I'll read you guys some stats here and then we'll chat. So currently as we're recording this, Matthews has 49 on the year, 28 games remaining on the season. He is on pace to score 75. Now, obviously paces, you could throw that out a lot, right? There's always some pace stat that people freak out over, but should he score 75? That will be the eighth most in NHL history in a single season, and that would be the highest by any player in the 21st century. Currently, it's Ovechkin. He had 65 in 2008. Looks like Matthews is going to maybe reach that. I mean, he's on pace for 75. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Listen, first of all, if he scores 75 100%. It's not even speculation. If you score 75 What was like the goals, second highest to 75? Like who was, did you have like a ridiculous one in the 90s or something? What, what you mean? Like, so Gretzky leads it with 92, but are you asking like what's 91. in between that? Like if Matthews gets 75 this year, I know Solani got 76. Is that the next like most recent time like, that someone's gotten more than that? I will, I will fact check this while you two okay. chat. Also, one other quick comment while he's doing that. The whole on pace thing, I don't give a fuck because I remember a couple of years ago, Alexander Steen was on pace to score like 112 <laughs> goals like two weeks into the season or some shit. So don't care. However, uh, I definitely think he could get – I think he'll beat the OV1. I think he'll get 65. I do too. I 
he could get 70. He could get 75. I'm not saying there's no way he does it, but I, I do think it's ridiculous to even to make a comment and be like, if he gets 75, he should get the MVP. Like, I don't even think there's a question at that point if he gets 75. Yeah, I absolutely I absolutely agree. I mean, Harry, what goal is he at now? I know that hat trick, did it put him at 48 or 49? 49. 49. And wow. what's crazy about that, too, is next below him is 39. And it's fucking Sam Reinhardt. It's nuts. That's it? absurd. Like, okay, that? you know what we need to do? Next year when we're doing our season previews, we need to like pick a random day, like we can like February 20th, for example. And and we need to say, okay, list who you think will be the top three goal scorers in the league on February 20th, because it'd be hilarious to insert some audio right now from like beginning of the year of us guessing. I can guarantee Sam Reinhardt would not have been one not of them. even close. Matthews and Kucherov maybe would have, but yeah, I, love, I, don't know. I love that idea. So, Nick, to answer your question, um, should he score 75? The only other players who have done it are Esposito, Solani, Mogilny, Lemieux, Hall, and Gretzky. The most recent of those, Solani did it in 92-93. He scored 76. Rookie season. Mo- Mogilny also scored Which, 76 like... that season in 92-93. So there were two 76 goal oh scores that year. God. That's insane. <laughs> Um, uh, speaking yeah. of 76 goals, Matthews is now 76 goals from reaching Sundin for the Leafs franchise yeah, that record. Is another one that, and he's played in 449 less games. Yeah, that is like bananas. Like I don't. So, all right, I have I have a hot take maybe. And listen, I love I love Austin Matthews. I truly do. He's probably probably tied with a couple other people as my non-favorite pain or I'm sorry, my favorite non-penguin player. I got a hard time thinking anybody's winning it this year other than Nate Mack. I, I really think this is his year to lose it. I think the the fact that Colorado, you know, they're being led by that top line truthfully the entire year. Landeskog still being out. I feel like people are going to put that in his favor. I just can't see a world where McKinnon doesn't win it. Truthfully. Why not? Why not Kucherov? I was going to say, Matthews. this is getting interesting now with these three. I, I don't. So like, I don't have a great answer other than that one. I feel like the, I hate to say this, but like Canadian guy, they're always going to pull for them if they're yeah. like neck and neck. True. Secondly, I just feel like what Colorado's doing as a like whole team led by McKinnon is more impressive at the moment than where the lightning are. I mean, the lightning kind of look, a little bad right now and they i think they'll make the playoffs but there is a chance they don't right so but you could also argue like mvp like individual award w- well i'm saying like without kucherov where the this fuck is, are the light right this is see this is exact and there's like no right answer i just right. i don't know i feel like mckinnon's gonna earn it this year i, I just have i have that feeling my take though is like i get that like points like the points leader ideally should like be a favorite for for mvp but to me if you score 75 goals and like the next highest goals underneath you realistically is probably going to be like 50 or something like that or like 55 like goals win hockey games guys <laughs> like assists are great true, and man. it's awesome being like a two-way player like nate mack and being able to score and set guys up and not to say Matthews can. I think he's like fifth in the league in assists or something like that too. But like goals, that's what that's what matters. 
most in like 30 years too which yeah is just that's crazy. what i'm saying yeah that like yeah sure i do I, wanna, I would agree with you if he finished with like 60 or whatever but do you want to hear something crazy and mac not to like kind of call you out here but i was just looking at the stats matthews only has 24 assists yeah that's crazy oh this, i thought he was Oh, but okay. In points is what I meant. He's still like fifth. In no, points. no, no. It's okay. Yeah. But like, I don't think I've ever seen a stat line where someone basically has 50 goals and then half the amount of assists. Yeah. Well, not, so there's some OV seasons you should take oh, a definitely. look at. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, not not yeah. holding that against him. It's just weird to look at. I don't know. I mean, yeah. what if he doesn't hit 70? Like who's your front runner for the MVP right now as it stands? I feel like I got to lean him just because we know the NHL is like goal scoring equals MVP kind of league. Like we've seen it with the Norris trophy. Like they give that award out to whatever defenseman scores the most, which is a hilarious thing. Right. But it it doesn't make sense, but which I don't agree with that, but I personally do agree with leaning towards goals, especially if it were to be an unprecedented amount of goals. But yeah, right now I'm leaning uh, Poppy. I and the hat tricks thing to me is really interesting. So he's got six now. The highest yeah, that's is ridiculous. Gretzky, who did 10 twice. Thanks for coming. <laughs> um, this guy needs four games to get four hat tricks. That's the crazy thing. Like he could be down to the last four games of the season, right? And score three goals in all of them. Yeah, he's that good. It's pretty, he's crazy. also just on a great like power play and line, and like they just have a lot of like things going for them offensively usually yeah he's the first player and they do need to score a lot because they don't really stop the puck all that well true mac what did you share on twitter today someone pulled a samson off stat and i thought i saw you like yeah this was blowing up my phone just because i said some guy was getting cooked on twitter and everyone's like yeah he is i'm like okay um they trying to say sammy's good the tweet was from like stat Muse. It was some least fan saying like, holy shit, look at Samsonov since he got called back up from when they sent him down or whatever. And he had like a nine, I think it was like a nine, nine or, you know, 0.90, 900 save percentage. And some guy who's like a Habs fan quote tweeted it and said like, Oh, Leafs are Leafs are bragging about a 90% save percentage or something like that. And like, yeah, he just got flamed for a bunch of different reasons. He also like misinterpreted the stat. He didn't really even understand it properly. It was a whole mess. Interesting. Yeah. Dude, the, the playoff race, not to change the subject, is just so crazy. We talk about Tampa, we talk about Toronto, and like it's just kind of weird right now. The the spots are Philly, not to change the subject. Everything comes down to Philly. I know Detroit. I feel like Detroit's Absolutely. gonna have a, Detroit's gonna finish strong. I believe that. I think Jer- or I think Jersey's gonna finish strong. I believe that as well. If Philly falls off the face of the earth, then obviously I think Tampa, Toronto, those two teams will get in. But if they stay hot, one of those teams could miss. I think Philly will fall off the face of the earth. I actually do. Um, do you remember that tweet I sent you yep. guys from Evil Gritty? Yeah. I'm going to read it. If you actually think Walker, Sealer, and Lawton are going to be on the Flyers when they miss the playoffs by two months in <laughs> mid-April, you don't know Puck. By two points in mid-April. Yeah. It's yeah. so true, though. That's, uh, yeah. No, I did see when you sent that. I was like, this guy knows his team, and that just sounds too right. So yeah, yeah. I will say this about the playoff standings, and I, I know it is going to come down to Philly, but I'm looking at that 
Toronto Detroit thing. I mean, Detroit is really the only threat to that third spot in the Atlantic. If I was Toronto, I'd be stressed right now because I think Detroit is got a lot of good momentum going for them. Yep. They could go either way at the deadline. I think they're going to try and load up. You know, Iserman, he's not going to just pack it in. 100%. Leafs are hot. I mean, true. I don't, Leafs are hot. They've won every game since the, the fucking wings. Riley incident. Yep. <laughs> the Wings are four points behind, though. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it's tough. That's tough. They're also only one point behind the Lightning. They got like three games in hand. It's going to be a interesting Two, finish. But yeah. So last discussion point. I'm only bringing this up because I've never seen Twitter get so fired up over a a. We, truthfully, um, in the hockey world, that is. So someone by the name of NHL Watcher, I'm sure many of you listening to us are probably on Twitter, follow us, know who he is. Uh, he's actually a good follow, um, not bashing him at all. But he dished out a reply to a Pens fan who said that the Lemieux, Yager, Malkin, and Crosby foursome is the best Mount Rushmore of a franchise's hockey players in the NHL. To which this guy, um, I guess, gave some controversial takes using some 1960s and 70s Montreal Canadian players. Obviously, the Habs have a lot of history. We get that. And the feedback was just absurd. I mean, beat writers from the Penguins. You got Oilers beat writers chiming in. You know, you've got Detroit people who are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like all this stuff. So there was a huge debate earlier today on Twitter about you know, who has the best Mount Rushmore of players? You know, you take your four best players in franchise history, you put them up against someone else. Obviously, they're in their primes. What do you guys think about this? Like, who would you who would you say is the best Mount Rushmore? Do you think Montreal should I be mean, in that it's, conversation? It's a no-brainer that it's Edmonton or Detroit, right? I think it's Detroit. You're not gonna you're not gonna put Pitt in there. It's, I mean, it's Here up there, but like the, I mean, Gretzky, McDavid, like Curry. And, then, and Sid. And what then you... what direction do I go with the fourth one? Like, it's just, I don't know. There's a lot there, man. How Iserman, Lidstrom, yeah. Zerberg, and Fedorov isn't even making it. Or Fatisov like, or Larianov or, or any like of those Del guys. Vecchio or what, like uh... <laughs> Mike Verdon. <Pretty> nuts. <laughs> Your dismissal of the Penguins is what's triggering me, it's... Nick. I'm not arguing that the Oilers should be in there, but there's Jesus a lot. Are there. you asking me, like, are they in the like top five of Mount Rushmore's? Yeah, probably. Is there, a, is there a conversation for them to be first overall? No. Like no, no conversation. I, I guys don't think like so, uh, dude. I don't know. What are, are we sleeping on the Avs? Yeah, McKinnon, Sackick, Wah, Forsberg, Forsberg. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Holy shit! Yeah, that would. Yeah, I didn't see anybody put them up there. I mean, not that I think they're in the breath of Edmonton, but or the um Coyotes, Pavel Datsuk, Marion Hosa, Shea Weber. <laughs> uh. I'm just. I'm offended. I mean, I'm not saying they should depend. I'm not first, dismissing but... it. I'm also just not going to ever say that it's the Penguins. It's, I think I'm a little bit between you and Mac. I think you could make an argument for them to be number one, especially when you go Yager, Lemieux. And I'm sorry, you're going to go Latang over coffee? Well, I, we didn't even have a defense. We threw Malkin in as the oh, okay. four. But yeah, I would put Latang over. I mean, as a penguin, I would put Latang over sure. coffee. I think coffee would maybe be more of an oiler than he would be a 
a penguin. Probably. I don't know. I Could mean, be a it, wing too. Yeah. Like is Shanahan a wing? I think he is. I don't know if you'd put him on there, but you could. Yeah. Who's the right. caps Mount Rushmore? Uh Quentin Lang, Brooks like <laughs> Alex Semon, and No, look, uh, it's it's right here. Uh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Mike Green, Alex Semon, Backy and Ovi, the young guns. Yeah. It's uh that. Alex now, realistically Ovechkin, though. Nicholas Backstrom, Peter Bondra, and Braden Holtby. I'm sorry for the cup. No, no. I I I was I would be shocked if Holtby wasn't on there. Yeah, honest. probably. Something I don't know. Like just, just an interesting thing that I saw on Twitter and everybody lost their Stanislav Galiev. I'm trying Tyler to think... Sloan. <laughs> Magnus Schlumpo. Um <laughs> Chimbus. Jim is right. I said, right. Mag, I said, Mag, what's the, what's the Mac, uh, Mangus, Magnus Crona Mangus. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think before we move on, just not to make the segment too quick, but like an underrated franchises, Mount Rushmore, Nick, you mentioned Colorado. I, I love that. That's probably the most Vancouver underrated. Messier, Sedins, maybe Trevor Linden, Naslin. Yeah. Nasland. Ooh, that's a good one. Honestly, this one's nowhere near like the conversation, but a, but a pretty good one. The stars. Okay, I'm here. Tampa. Almost... Yeah, Tampa. Yeah. Ooh. yeah, at this point, that you be could have two one. goalies on there: Vassy, Boulin, Wall, Saint Louis, Lecavalier, and then mm-hmm. that's not even getting into the forwards or headmen now. Yeah, you know what? I think a more fun conversation is like who's the most slept on Mount Rushmore rather than that who's is the good. Best. Yeah. That's a that's a very interesting one. I smell I, a YouTube video. Yeah, ooh. I like that. All right, this will be a segment coming near you. We'll uh, we'll pick some franchises and maybe bang out some. Let's um let's pick them first, and then we'll do a comprehensive, like <laughs> definitely not combative, where we argue for four hours ranking of them. We should establish who the four players are yes. though ahead yeah. of time for each. Yep. Yes, hundred percent agree. I think that would be great. Um, I'm glad I brought this up then. Uh, all right, we're going to move on to the gambling segment of the episode. You already know it's presented by Prop Tracker. Prop Tracker is your one-stop shop for all gambling stats, whether you're betting NHL, MLB, NBA, no more NFL right now, sadly, but uh, you can get all your prop stats tracked for those sports on Prop Tracker. They're even introducing golf, receptions, rebounds, goals, over six and a half, over five and a half, team totals, you name it. The app gives it to you. I've had a lot of people reaching out to me as I'm sending out these screenshots on Twitter from our EB page. You can go to the link in our bio, uh, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Click the link in there. It'll get you your first month free. I believe it's $11 a month after your first month. You can cancel at any time. No contract, month to month, just like all your other apps on your phone. If you use Apple Pay, it'll just go towards that. So go check out Prop Tracker using the link in our bio. Helps us out a little bit p-r-o-p-t-r-a-c-k-r.com slash empty betters it's also another place to go look at it thank you prop tracker for uh being a great sponsor and having a kick-ass app it's been helping me lately so if you have prop tracker you will know some of these stats i'm about to read you you can use this to help you gamble a little bit uh over the next week before we talk next dallas stars at home i've said it three episodes in a row i hammered the shit out of it over the weekend when they are at home, the over is the play. The over six and a half on Stars home ice has hit in 22 of 28 games this season. So you want to be on the lookout for that. Probably the best bet in hockey right now. 
the Canucks Roadovers had a little fun with uh, with this one yesterday on President's Day. They had the highest scoring game in Minnesota Wild history. Over six and a half has hit in 21 of 31 road games for the Canucks this year. Second best bet in the NHL, in my opinion. Uh, Colorado has been the best over team in their past 10 games. Over six and a half has hit in seven of their last 10. They just so happen to be taking on the Canucks tonight. So you guys won't be hearing it yet. They take on the Canucks tonight. The Canucks are on the road. Two of these stats going against each other tonight. I'll definitely be on that. Uh, the LA Kings, they've seen to find their way here lately. Five, one, and one in their last seven. They've won three in a row, of which all were one-goal games. Kings money line's looking juicy against some uh, better teams here as of late, so be looking out for the Kings. And then lastly, the Arizona Coyotes have lost 10 in a row. Sad. Yeah, it sucks because I feel like this team has played really, really well throughout portions of this season, and they are entertaining to watch. I mean, Keller and Schmaltz, when they're connecting on the top line or on the power play, that's electric, and... They've got some exciting players and the, you know, arena is unique, but not good right now. Not good. They have seriously had some bright spots though. You're right. And I think like they have, if they want to like, I don't know, ship off some of those pieces, they could definitely continue that rebuild, particularly with the goalies. I mean, to me, they have two goalies that any team in the league should be happy to have. If, if you need one, there's, there's tons of teams in the league right now who are going to make the playoffs who, in my opinion, both of their goalies suck more than Vimelka and Ingram. So, Yeah, I know Vimelka was your boy last year. If he wasn't on the Coyotes, maybe he'd have a little bit better. Of Vimelka stats. was my boy last year, and Ingram's my boy this year. So, uh, so yeah. a But, but seriously, I, I think either of those guys could get moved to a team, even just to be a, a, a more stable backup or, or something like that than, than what a current playoff team has right now. Sure. Absolutely. So if you're uh, betting it against the Coyotes, value might suck at the moment, but just keep an eye on it. So that'll wrap up the gambling. Any uh, other bets you make this uh, weekend that you did pretty well on? Maybe a little Anthony Mantha anytime goal. Oh, I got to give you a shout out. Yes, yes. I was uh, waiting for this, boys. Come on. <laughs> yeah, Tony Mantha uh, gets a nice little nip uh, in his hometown, Montreal. Nick texted me about 20 minutes before the game. He said, plus 320 Mantha, take it. I said, okay. First goal of the game, no sweat bet. Three minutes you. in. It was amazing. I love that. Um, so thank you for that. I appreciate it. You got it. it. We're going to move on to trivia, get you all out of here. Mac, the floor is yours. Yeah, huge extra big shout out to Elwoods because I'll probably be there at some point this week or this weekend or who knows, maybe both. Uh, great bar. They're also having one of their biggest weekends ever, like of the year this weekend. They do this every year. It's like the Harley Davidson motorcycle thing. They do the Big Mama Tried show. So going to be a ton of fun stuff happening at Elwoods uh, this weekend. So if you're bored, just go over there and uh, make some friends. Uh, but yeah, just a reminder to support your local dive bar. Have a beer at Elwoods. Liquor and Tap, home of the Pizza Luge, located in the heart of downtown Milwaukee on Water Street. The 70s-inspired bar has a little something for everybody. From daily happy hour, rotating taps, free birthday perks, and a four-season patio, a good time is always around the corner. With the full NHL package, plus TV screens inside and out, hockey fans can watch any game, anytime. We'll see you down at Elwoods. All right. Boys, I got a good one, I think, I hope. Uh, if it gets too easy, I do have a backup, though. So, 
I have a bonus as well, if need be. Okay. All right. I think well, let's, be fun. Uh, let's rip this first one. Uh, this player became the first Russian-born defenseman to score 600 NHL points on February 20th, 2004, with two apples in his team's win over the Avs. I will, or you know what, Nick, you go first. You gave me Mantha. Is that uh, Slava Fatisov? Nope. I'm going to guess Sergei Gonchar. Nope. Oof. Russian defenseman. Nick, you might have his jersey as my next guess. Don't you? I think you do. Do I? Does Maybe. he? It might not have his name on the back, but you have the team he played for that I'm thinking about. It's my next guess. Is this something stupid where this player just happened to be playing defense in this game? Because I know the Wings did that with Fedorov, and if if this is how this is no, going to end, I'm going to be so pissed. No, 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 no. Do you want me to go next or no? Yeah, you go ahead. If you've got it, throw it. I will go Sergei Zuboff. Yeah, there we nice. go. Nice. You have? I thought you had his Dallas jersey. I have Pierre Turgeon. Oh, I'm sorry. I miss. I miss mistaken i apologize this it was one of the sergeys i just didn't know which one mr yeah. uh darts between periods sergey zubov mm-hmm. for sure um i'm gonna throw a bonus one in here because i saw this today i didn't send it to you guys on purpose because i wanted to save this okay this one is weird um and it's a little different than like pastime this is actually like a current trivia so before i say this so an example of what I'm going to try to say here. So like Jerome McGinlaw, he is known as a Calgary flame, right? He obviously played on other teams later in his career, but primary team Calgary flames. So this player who is currently 36 years old, who still plays in the national hockey league since leaving his main team. So like the equivalent of like a to the flames yep. since leaving his main team is still getting it done. He has 151 points in 152 games since leaving his main team. I'm not going to name the team because that'll give it away. I like that. Unless we... I Before you said the number, like I was going to say like Parise or something like that, but he's played way more than 151 games away from New Jersey, so that's not it. Is it Joe Pavelski? It is not. So just I think, think of... Joe Pav has also played probably more yeah. than that away from... 152 games is almost like two seasons basically. yeah right. that's what i'm saying a little less hmm it's not like taylor hall or wait how old how old did you say he is 36 years old okay taylor the same age as no the no. same age as Sidney crosby if that helps yeah okay hmm that's a good question I, it it blew my mind, and it's a very known name. It's not like this is like a weird one. Like you you know, yeah. I mean, if he's got that many points, he should be pretty household. He's, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I would say fringe, maybe not a hall of famer, but probably the best you can get without being in it okay. when he's done. When he's done, forward. I'm guessing. Yes. All right. Like I said, if I give you his main team, you'll know who it is immediately. This is tricky. Um, 34 years old. Six. 36, right. Okay. Um, There's no way Patrick Kane has played two seasons, right? 
No, he, so, no, he is not. Okay. That's a, that's a, you're in the right direction. Like, okay. but that's actually, I shouldn't say you are, it's a forward. He's kind of maybe in that same breath as Kane, same era. He also prime. certainly hasn't scored a hundred and something points between New right. York yeah. and uh, there's no way. And yeah. Detroit. Um, okay. Did he switch conferences? Uh, no. And, and has he played the way you read the question made it seem like he's played those 151 games with multiple teams. Yes. Okay. okay. Two different teams. I'll, I'll give you yeah, a bone. Two right. different teams since he left his main one. But they all are in the same conference. They are all in the Eastern Conference. That's fascinating. Okay, let me think. I'll give you guys one more guess, and if you get it wrong, I'll give them maybe another hit that'll help. I think I know it. There's no way it's like Blake Wheeler, is it? It is not Blake Wheeler. Okay. Is it Claude Giroux? Ding, ding, Damn, ding. that's good. I should have known that. He, wow. He has been Once you said both were in the East, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I would have I thought he's actually played. It feels like, to me, it feels like forever since he's been on the Flyers. I would have thought it'd been more than I would have said games. four years easily. I would have said it's been like 350 games since he yeah. played for the Flyers. He has scored 151 points in 152 games since he left Philly. I that absolutely believe that. I, yeah. yeah. He he tore it up. I mean, he's tearing it up with Ottawa, but he tore it up with Florida too. Yeah. His, his like uh like player card that like Jay Fresh or Andy and Rono do. He's having an unreal year right, this year. So uh yeah, I just I, we talk about orb of confusion and yeah. all that stuff. So I mostly uh, just because it's fun to make fi- fun, fun of Flyers yeah. fans, but no, it's also Giroux, so easy Giroux to piss them off. Really good, but I saw this and I was like, "This is I would have That's never crazy. guessed doing that well." So yeah, yep, well, fun one. Uh, all right, any uh, final notes before we get out of here? Maybe we'll uh, see y'all at Elwood Saturday, Mac. I don't know if that's in the forecast. I think it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, certainly beforehand we'll be there. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see uh, anybody who wants to hang out Saturday. Uh, uh, other than that, I, th- I think we're good, boys. Nick, you got your mic on. Anything else? I'm good. All righty. Well, we appreciate the love and support as always. We'll be back with you next week. And once again, thank you for the love and support from episode 200. Without further ado. Class dismissed. Class dismissed.